0: Hi. Welcome to the CJB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, I talked to a former Winnipegger now living in Montana, Sue Hughes, on her Ironman career. How does someone get involved in Ironman? They started out in running to triathlon to Ironman. I could never do it. How did Sue do it? You'll find out. Also, Jeff Braun and I, in the replay booth, we watched and review a league of their own. That's all on the podcast. Have you ever wondered what it takes physically to run an Iron Man, an accomplishment that only a select portion of all the humans on this planet can actually achieve? I run like 5K and I'm feeling it. These people, they're a different breed. And one of those people is 45-year-old Sue Hughes, who was known as Suzanne Bin when she was growing up running here in Winnipeg. And to get a look inside the mind of someone who wants to do something like this, I talked recently to Sue from her home in the States. So uh, where are you right now?
1: I am in Missoula, Montana.
0: And how long have you lived in Montana?
1: Oh, since uh 2000. Okay. Yeah, so almost 20 years.
0: How is life different in Montana compared to Manitoba?
1: Oh, it's a smaller it's a smaller town or smaller city, so a little bit more intimate. Um uh, the winters aren't as harsh and no mosquitoes in the summer.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, why did you move to Man uh, Montana? Uh,
1: so when I got, I ran, you know, I ran for the University of Manitoba, and when I got done, my close friend who grew up in Winnipeg but went to college at the University of Minnesota, she moved here to run with um, a professional women's track team, um, Mount West Track Club, and they had then they asked me to join as well once I got done college, so. I decided, sure, why not run for a couple more years post college um and the plan was to come back after, but, but plans change, right?
0: yeah, <laughs> yes, they do, but you're still running now, right?
1: <laughs> I am, yeah, so slowly, my running turned into swim bike running, and uh yeah, and i there's still a I still have a great group of women that uh I ran with when I first, you know, when I first moved to Montana that are actually Canadian and we still run together and, uh, train. So I still have people to run with just not as many biking and swimming partners.
0: All right. Let's travel way back. Where did you discover your love for running?
1: Ooh, I started running in, I guess it was middle school around sixth, seventh grade. I was pretty, pretty, uh, you know, interested or pretty heavily involved in gymnastics at the time, but slowly I started having more success in running and it was just kind of a fun change. I, so I joined a track club, which was, gosh, it might've been galaxy at the time, which turned into tacus track club with, and my coach, Scott Radley, I I started running with him and his group and kind of, that's where, that's where it all started. Quit gymnastics and just started running.
0: What was it about running that you liked?
1: You know, I I guess I've always leaned more towards uh, individual sports. I, I feel like I can't I can't blame anybody else, and I just have myself to rely on. Um, you know, I can't. I just you know you just do what you got to do, and uh, but then I like the team aspect of a group. You know, a group and we train together. But when it comes down to the races, you're you're kind of on your own. I think that's a big thing. But I just, I just like running. I just like being outside and just being able to kind of, just kind of do your thing, sort of thing. I guess it's called a runner's high. I yeah. suppose.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's for sure. <laughs> well, okay. So what's a runner's high? Is there a, a run, swim, biking high then?
1: You know, it took me a while to be able to get that. On those on the biking and the swimming but I did eventually get it I was able to kind of you know get to that point of fitness on the bike that I could just be like this is awesome I just you know I'll just go for a long ride and the thing is with riding is that you kind of have to ride for a long time in order to get the same benefits and when your race is 112 miles you means you have to put in a lot more time so that gets that's part of the challenging part but yes you I love going for bike rides when it's not freezing. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, definitely was able to finally get that swimming. Not so much, but yeah, every now and then.
0: (laughs) So when did you make that transition from just running into triathlon?
1: Well, when I, when I came here to run, I'd had there, I had even, even through, um, you know, my university years running, I had a couple of times where I've had stress fractures because I just, my body doesn't like a lot of volume in running. And so when I'd be, you know, when I'd have a stress fracture, then I'd be like pool running or biking. And that slowly turned to swimming um, just for, you know, as a cross training to stay fit for when I was not hurt. Um, but once, but I ran through and then um, I met my husband here, which is the main reason I stayed and we got married and I still was running competitively. And we kind of waited to have kids until I was ready to be done, you know, being selfish and saying, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the mom and ready to, you know, put the running and competitiveness aside. So I did that and I felt completely fine doing it. And then when my second son was about two, I just found myself getting a little bit of an itch again. And I started, I was just doing a lot more biking and swimming and running. You know what I mean? I was combining all three. And so... I just thought, well, I might as well, you know, give it a try. And so I did a couple races and really liked it and was pretty successful. So slowly I started doing more and more of them.
0: How old are your boys now? 10 and
1: 12. Do they run? Uh Yes, but they don't love running. Okay. They play basketball and football, and, you know, they're into the team sports, which is great right now. Okay. It's fun for them. So they do running within it, but they, you know, to go for a run, not so exciting for them. Okay.
0: So what's the difference between just a straight-up triathlon and then an Ironman?
1: Um, Well, yeah, that's a good question, because um, triathlon has a lot of different distances. Uh, The sprint triathlon is your Swimming 500 meters or yards, um, a 12, it might be a 12K bike and a 5K run. So it's pretty short. That's a great introduction, triathlon. That's definitely what I started doing. Um, and then you have an Olympic distance triathlon, which is the distance they do at the Olympics. So that would be a 1500 meter swim, 24 mile bike, and a 10K run. So that'll take about, you know, I don't know. Depends on who you are, or whatever. Two to three, three and a half hours. And then you have a half Ironman, and then you have a full Ironman. So a full Ironman is two point four miles swim, one hundred twelve mile bike, and then a marathon, so twenty six point two miles. <laughs> <laughs> a half Ironman is ha- is exactly half the distance right. of a full. Okay. So. Yeah.
0: That's and I never, ever, in my, even
1: as a triathlete, Yeah, even when I first started competing and triathlon and even when I first turned professional as a pro, I never thought I would do a full. In my mind, I was like, that's too long. It's just about survival. But then slowly, you know, you just got fitness changes. And as I've gotten older, I don't have as much speed. So I felt like, oh, longer ones are better. And then next thing you know, you're doing a full Ironman.
0: <laughs> so how many Ironmans have you done now?
1: Um, I have completed, let's see, one, two, four. So not that many considering some professionals will do about three or four a year. Which is a which in my mind is a lot on your body. Well yeah. But, um that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I you know, I just started two years I've just only done fulls for two for the last two years. Uh, before that I would just do half.
0: And are you just trying to finish or are you trying to win?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, the last two years I was trying to win or be, you know, in the top because of the way the, way the whole professional field works. You know, they've changed the qualifying systems. Um, when I first started doing pro Ironman to try and qualify for world championships, there was a point system. So if you came in first, you'd get so many points. If you came in second, so many points, third. And then you could kind of add them all together and the top 40 women will make it. Last year, so then, you know, so I was coming in, I'd come in, I think my very first one, I came in sixth. And then my next one, I came in, I think, you know, fifth or something. Um, but then they changed the point system so that you would have to basically win Or the person in front of you, if they'd already qualified, then then you can take their spot. So suddenly I was in a situation where if I wanted to make world championships, I had to win a race. So last October, I went to Taiwan and I won Ironman Taiwan, um, which qualified me for this year's Ironman that I just completed. Ironman World Championships.
0: So was it like winning Taiwan?
1: It was it was um, very amazing, very emotional. Um, yeah, it was. It was, an, you know, being in Taiwan itself was just kind of a really neat, cool experience culturally. Um, but yeah, it was. It's great. It was amazing to feel good during a race and just race. And there is uh, a lot going on for me personally at the time, so it was really an emotional win
0: you mind uh, explaining what was going on?
1: Uh, my brother had passed away the week before. Mm. So, so you know, the plan was always to go to Taiwan, and then his death happened very quickly, um, and suddenly I flew to Winnipeg to be with my family. And it wasn't until the day the flight, you know, that was leaving that I made the decision to go because I wasn't sure if I could do it. So, yeah, so my husband met me there, and I ran the race for him.
0: And were you thinking about him during the race?
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, definitely a surreal kind of experience.
0: I'm always wondering when, you know, in a a normal race uh, that doesn't have so much, you know, emotional things going on in your life, what do you think about cuz you're you're out there for hours and hours exercising, right. running, biking, swimming. What are you thinking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is um, you know, it is a long time, but when you're actually racing, it goes by pretty fast. Um, relative, I guess. You know, before the race, my coach and I always come up with, you know, a race plan. Okay, what are we going to do? What are you going to do nutrition-wise? What is what kind of Like you have a bike computer and on the bike computer shows what kind of power you're pushing. So basically how hard you're working. You kind of have a plan as to, you know, how hard you want to work during certain times of the race, when you're going to have your nutrition, what you're going to have. So you have all this built in your mind, including like, okay, when I start feeling bad, what am I going to think about when I, you know, when I get halfway through, what am I going to start thinking about? So, I think if every if things are going to plan, you're just kind of following your plan. You're like, okay, it's you know, I need to eat. It's been ten minutes. I need to eat. You know, have a sip of my, my you know, my fluid every ten minutes, or you know. So you're kind of like constantly thinking about what you need to do next. Do you
0: have music going in your ears?
1: No, not allowed. Ooh, even 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 amateurs aren't allowed to have the music. Oh, yeah. Okay,
0: so you just this is basically the sound of the your surroundings and yeah, the voices in your <laughs> yeah. head and that's all you got.
1: And that's what's so amazing of like world championships where it's, there are parts in the race where there's so many people and it's so inspiring. And everyone's cheering and it's super cool. And you're just like, Ooh, this is awesome. This is easy. And then you get to like the lava fields where you're biking and there's nothing in sight except for black, you know, volcanic rock wow. and it's windy and you're just like, ugh, oh, I mean, no man's land. Especially if you're, you know, especially if the race isn't going well and you're not feeling, that's when the day feels even longer because you're just kind of trying to get through it.
0: The painful beauty of it all.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly.
0: Well, Sue, I appreciate you taking <laughs> so, time yeah. to uh, talk to me today. Appreciate it, and uh, good luck as you continue on your Ironman journey.
1: Well, thank you very much. I think I have actually. I have completed my Ironman journey. So I have kind of closed that chapter and um, yeah, I'll see what's next.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, good luck.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you.
0: Every other Tuesday, if you're not familiar with the thing that we do here, Jeff Braun, who co hosts The Couch Potatoes, he loves movies, also the morning news anchor here. And I love sports. So every couple of weeks we get together. And watch a sports movie. Not together. We don't actually watch it in the same room, but we gather our thoughts together and share them with you in a segment we call the Replay Booth. This used to be my playground. With the baseball season coming to an end this week, we thought we'd do one last baseball movie, and we're yes. doing a League of Their Own from 1992. I, I think I'd seen this before, maybe not entirely. It's probably on TV when I was a kid, and I saw parts of it, but I don't. Thoroughly remember the entire thing.
2: I've seen it a few times, at, uh, including at the, in theaters in 2018 as part of a Cineplexes Hanks Fest. Oh, they just ran a few old Tom Hanks movies, okay. and this was one of them. And I went to watch it again.
0: Okay, so Tom Hanks plays a drunk manager who used to be a good ball player, but Jimmy Dugan. He messed up his knee and then got drunk and. He takes over as manager of this fledging girls' professional baseball league because it's 1943, and oh my gosh, the men's leagues might have to cancel their games because of the war. So yeah. let the women go play. So they've come up with a few teams in the Midwest, and no one cares at first, and they don't respect them at first, but turns out these girls can play. And by the end of it all, people are coming out to the games, they're having a good time.
2: Four teams. It's That's important to keep in mind. There's four teams teams in this league right so yeah the idea for the league is somehow progressive yet also like the most sexist thing ever right because they make them wear skirts and they make them uh, like blow kisses to guys in the stand the, and stuff yeah like, someone just, catches a foul horrible.
0: ball they get a kiss yeah. and they make them
2: go to finishing school and all this stuff. right
0: and it's important to note that this is there was an actual league from 1943 to 54 that actually did happen this is a mostly fictionalized account
2: Okay, they made up the people, but the thing really happened. But the
0: thing really happened. This league did really happen, and it was actually popular from the start because there was no— t- this the only
2: sports going on, probably. Well, and
0: it's the Midwest. Yeah. In 1940s, they love baseball. Plus, there was no TV yet to watch baseball games oh. on. So if they wanted to experience baseball, this was what their option was. And then in the 50s, when you know MLB games started going on TV, that really crushed this league. So it wasn't the return it. of men from the war; it was TV baseball really crushing, no. and uh, the obvious parallels. The Harvey is obviously Wrigley.
2: Okay, I was wondering about that because Harvey Field I was like that looks exactly like the it, Wrigley Field and logo, is, and it is. And R- they had already established it in Chicago, and right? Stuff. And and you know, What's the, Wrigley Field is that based on the gum? Well, the guy, the guy, yeah, the okay. magnet of but that company, yeah. When he makes the gum. I never, even, yeah. I never even. Uh, I amongst I never other, of that
0: amongst other things, yes, yeah. the, the gum. Right. And so the, you know, the chocolate bar was the gum. The two main characters are sisters, Dottie and Kit.
2: Now who, that was the thing. Have we seen this before in a sports movie with the sibling rivalry to boot? Because that's a good matchup for a sports not movie.
0: Really? And, well, like and we that. should first of all say this was made, you know, almost thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. How many movies before or since sports movies have been all about women?
2: Very few. Very few. You get some stuff with, like, I, <laughs> Right. Some skaters. There's, like, some co-ed stuff, right, with skating and things like that.
0: But there needs to be more, yeah. I think. And the fact that, you know, we, we learned some things about, you know, women's professional sports. This is the 40s. And today we still see the women's hockey situation. Yeah, They're trying to get a pro league going, but... Um, anyway, so they John Lovitz is this just idiotic mean scout? You
1: want to stay here plucking cows? That's your business. You know something? You're not nice. Ooh, that one hurt. So long, milkmaids.
2: Always weird, always welcome. I laughed out loud so many times. So he's yelling at the cows and stuff like that. Oh, and this
0: sure. is basically his only role in the movie.
2: Yeah, it was just it at was... the start. It was funny.
0: They catch a train, they go to Chicago, they try out, they make the team, they're on the same team, but basically through this whole thing, Dottie's- Again,
2: there's only four teams, so they had a pretty good chance. Dottie's super
0: good, and Kit is, uh, you know, she tries really hard, but she's not as good as Dottie, because Dottie's the best player in the league, and so Kit always kind of resents her for that. Yeah. And has, I guess, probably as the little sister
2: throughout their whole life. Chip on her shoulder, constantly. Yes. I don't know, I think Gina Davis is really good as the older sister, that Lori Petty is the younger sister- I mean, there's a lot of big, loud performances in this movie, like Madonna and uh, Rosie O'Donnell, yeah. but there's something about Lori Petty that's always, like, just 10% too much on top of that that it just drives me nuts. Oh,
0: you didn't like it?
1: Good thing your sister bailed you out, kid. Heh, <laughs> heh. why don't you get your sister to teach you how to hit? Kit, why can't you be beautiful like that sister yours what idiot said that? No one.
2: She, there's just something about her that's just... Like a, a, so it's a little cartoonish, yeah. Especially at the end, like, my God, the breakdown she was having before that last at bat was I was like, "What are you serious?" That was. I don't know. I was rooting.
0: For, I was rooting for her the whole time. I didn't. She. I was on her side the whole way. I Was on Gina
2: Davis's side. Oh the no. Whole time.
0: I mean, I felt bad that the Rockford Peaches in the end they lose Game Seven of the World Series to. If you've seen it before, you know what happens. But yeah. if you haven't, yeah. So I always forget what happens though. So Dottie wanted, you know, to leave. Yeah. Her husband's in the war, and he comes back.
2: I don't know how Bill Pullman kept getting roles like that. He's such a bland, boring actor. Oh, yeah. It's like, why, why are you
0: in any of these Well, movies? they didn't have to do much in this film. Uh, exactly. So, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, she wanted to get traded, and all of a sudden her little sister gets traded instead. Those two teams end up playing in the World Series, and what happens? Top of the ninth, gets Boom. on the mound, gives up a two-run single to Dottie. They would have intentionally walked her in real life, but, you know, that's fine. Because it was a runner on—no one's on first, and it was second and third, and the best players up to bat. You would intentionally walk that in yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then— Kit kid comes up in the bottom of the ninth, delivers the winning hit uh, by bowling over her sister at home plate, and she Inside drops the ball. Park home run. Yep, she drops the ball. Should have been out, but Gina Davis dropped the ball.
2: Now there's a debate on the internet. Did
0: she intentionally do that? I don't think so.
2: Nah. It looked. I don't think. I don't think. A. She had time to think about it that much because that happened in a hurry in the gameplay of it all, mm-hmm. and it just it looked legit like it. It was a real thing, and, and then afterwards, there's, she, they're being coy with each other. But I still don't think there's anything definitive that proves that she would have dropped that ball during the whole
0: final game. I'm thinking, is Dottie going to throw this so her sister can have the moment? And then,
2: really, no. No, she tried. She's just a good baseball player. Of course, she, she just they wanted to win, right?
0: Yeah. So that, and in the end, I was kind of happy that Kit got her moment, and yeah,
2: that was really nice. Uh, was, and there's a good sister moment.
1: I miss you, Kit. Me. Yeah, how many sisters do think I have? I love you, Kat. Really? Yeah. Just when I want you to stay, you're leaving.
2: Okay, before we get... Right before the, the World Series montage or whatever, they win this other game and the announcer goes, and Rockford is in the playoffs. I was like, it's a four team league. How? Are, what does that even mean? Do three of the teams make the playoffs and they do uh, like a page playoff thing? Like, they don't uh, explain any of that. That's true. The four teams of it all just kept driving me nuts because they just kept playing the same people over and over again. And then the guy's like, well, who should, well, we could trade you away. And then to so and so, to so and so, to names literally the other three teams. And I was like, that's it. That's all your options. <laughs> it's right. like, we know what those are. It was just so weird. Right. If you're making so much stuff up, Make it an eight-team league or something like
0: that. Yeah, but they want to be true to the history to some degree, right?
2: Why? They're making everything else up. Probably that league probably grew by the next year. It probably had six or 17. Well,
0: it ended up having uh, 10 at Uh, most before it folded.
2: Just go straight to that. That's what I'm saying. Okay.
0: Some other things Tom Hanks plays, again, the drunk guy. And he doesn't have a big part early on, but he gets more and more involved in it as it goes along and he starts respecting them. Yeah. And uh, really respects Dottie.
2: Turns his own self around.
0: Yeah. And he's funny. Uh, Lord, hallowed be thy name. May our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. May our balls be plentiful. Lord, I just like to thank you
2: for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. He's very funny, and you don't see him play gross a lot. Mm. But he was—he that, true. in his earlier in his career he did comedy a lot, and he begged to be in this movie. He begged mm. Benny Marshall because he had. She also directed him in Big but he had a bunch of bombs in a row and he was very legitimately concerned that mm. if he had another failed movie that he'd, his Hollywood days would be over. That's and amazing. This, this movie sparked a run that would go on for an entire decade and all the way past Castaway up to road to Perdition, I guess. That was just, the big, every movie he did was the biggest movie of mm-hmm. that time, right? So.
0: And for what is mostly a comedy, that scene in the locker room where the telegram comes in. That
2: kills me every time. Oh boy. That is brutal. There are some, Apparently that took, took
0: three days to film, that scene.
2: True-to-war stuff that hits your heart really Yeah,
0: hard. that was tough. Uh, where did the bus driver go? The he bus just, driver... He just walked away. It's the middle of nowhere. He just walked away and then drunk Tom Hanks gets behind the wheel and well, then
2: just... it's in that four-team circumference. He's I guess bound to yeah. walk towards another it's team. It's just eventually. in Illinois. There's not much going <laughs> on there. Uh, so... Uh, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. That's pretty good sports movie speech. That's true. Also, uh, he signs a ball. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Duggan. <laughs> That's good advice. The insult, insult that he gives to the umpire is <laughs> one of my favorite Tom Hanks lines of all time. Perhaps you chastise her too vehemently. Good rule of thumb. Treat each of these girls as you would treat your mother. You want ever tell you look like a penis with a little hat on? That's amazing. And then when he whips the baseball glove at the kid and he, he knocks the kid down, which was funny enough, and then he laughs at him.
0: And, and said, then the, you know, the players are kind of like, yeah, he deserved that. <laughs> <laughs> the annoying little kid.
2: The beginning and end, Gina Davis's voice superimposed on that old lady that's playing Yeah, they dubbed old, her voice over. That's yeah. I don't I mean I don't know what that old lady's voice sounded like but that was the most distracting thing. Really? I couldn't I and I don't think I'd ever noticed it before but this was like, "Oh my god, that's just Gina Davis's voice. Why would yeah. they do that?"
0: And it was not long, right? They have they have the flashback where the ladies, you know, present so are, day show up in Cooperstown, the they're going to the Hall of Fame, which didn't actually happen. And they're not in the Hall of Fame. I don't believe so. Don't she know. shows up and they're all playing and then That's about two minutes in. Then we look back, and then the whole movie is the flashback. And then the last ten minutes are them meeting at the Hall of Fame and uh, playing
2: that game. I think that was the real them.
0: Yes. So the at the end credits, that's actually members of the 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 actual girls. That's what I feel. Also, the word "women" I don't think is ever used in this film once. It's just girls. That's girls, 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 and then ladies a couple times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's funny.
2: And then also the Madonna has a. That was a new song at the time. That was a big
0: right. And uh, Madonna was apparently a gigantic pain.
2: Really, you don't yeah, say. She, she was, was a not.
0: <laughs> she was not very nice to anybody, and was a, a was a problem here on set. But her, she was great for that role.
2: Yeah, she did well in that, and that's. Uh, I think that's where like she and Rosie O'Donnell met and became
0: yeah. lifelong friends. Yeah, it's true. They course. didn't really know each other before that, and I the kid scene at the end, she comes in with like all the kids. Yeah, I was like, why
2: does she bring like fifteen people with her? Nobody else seemed to.
0: And the the, the actors who played. Get dyed her hair red, so they look, She looked like Gina Davis's oh, sister. That's what, so Gina Davis was a late replacement for Deborah Winger, oh and right. uh, she didn't really have a lot of training, but was still ended up being pretty good. Uh, Lori Petty and Rosie O'Donnell were actually pretty good baseball players. And ro- the scene where Rosie throws two baseballs, oh, she yeah. can actually do that. That was actually oh, real. That's cool. That was real. Yeah,
2: and Lori Petty's pitching looked pretty legit.
0: And she apparently threw. It was, it's one of the things like the Kevin Costner. She threw as many, as much as like most pitchers <laughs> do over the course of an actual season during the filming of this. And I, Ouch. I thought this was honestly a really good movie.
2: Oh yeah, it's very entertaining and it's interesting. Like it's a good story, well told kind of thing. That's which is all you're really looking for. And at the end, it's you know cinematic. what? I it, was crying. Yeah, I, I choked up a bunch of times. There's a really good montage when they really get the league going kind of thing that has, there's a lot of bam, bam, bam. They're just having fun. Kind of fun swing band music. Yeah. But then it also, the score just abruptly changes to this sweeping real cinematic strings thing when David Strathairn's looking around saying uh what he's created kind of thing and Mm -hmm. it gets very cinematic at times just briefly like that i thought i always it's long been one of my favorites it's just it fits on tv i'm watching it it was also the original they used to do this thing called pan and scan with vhs tapes where they couldn't do it in widescreen they take a widescreen and put it to a full screen but then artificially pan across the and it looked terrible and i always remember they did it on a league of their own it was on tv and it looked awful but now of course it looks great Gina the, Davis also won an honorary Oscar this week. Oh. Yeah.
0: And the uh the baseball scenes themselves, I think they were all done by the actual actresses for the most part. Gina Davis didn't actually do the splits, but she did the behind the back catch. That was all real stuff. They wanted to make it look real, they did a lot of training. So in the end yeah. I thought it was very, very entertaining. And yeah, at the end I was tearing up and I thought, Why am I so emotional? <laughs> There's no crying in baseball.
1: There's no crying in baseball.
2: There's crying in baseball movies though. All right. So what's your rating? Uh, my rating is, uh, I would give this one easily 8.5 Mouths Full of Spit from Tom Hanks Disgusting Drunken Mouth out of 10.
0: I will give it 8.8 Poison <laughs> Chaperones out of 10. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now! Wow! If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good! So, listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?